your scriptures and open it to the Old Testament. And please go to 2 Samuel chapter 23. Put the title on the screen for me, please. Uh, because uh, I come to do some business here today. And I want to talk to you about a passage that you probably have to deliberately look for in order to get. Because the, the narrative of this man, Benaiah, is so brief until you can pass over it and miss the message. And so in chapter 23, verse number 20, it reads as follows. Benaiah was the son of Johada, the son of a valiant man from Kabziel, who had done many deeds. This is about Benaiah now. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he, Benaiah, went down to him with a staff, wrestled a spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. That's, that's adding insult to injury there, taking your own weapon, having your own weapon defeat you. Verse 22. These things Benaiah, the son of Johadah, did and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the thirty, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard. Now, I'm telling you, <laughs> two of them went down in the pit. Benadiah and the lion. One of them came out of the pit alive, and it wasn't the lion. I would submit that all of oh, uh, <laughs> All of us here have lived long enough to have some of our own pits. And I would submit that if you've been around a while, you fought a few lines, I can tell by the scars. And some of it have been done on a snowy day. But if you've locked eyes with your lion, somebody is going to win. I don't know what you came to do, but I ain't leaving here like I came. I done fought this line the first service, and he's still in the pit. I'm fixing to whip me another line. If anybody's with me, raise up your hands and thank God for the power of his word and ask him for lion-slaying anointing. God, I thank you that your anointing is fresh and powerful. And it helps us in our physical body to do what we cannot do. Give us a supernatural visitation. I rebuke in the name of Jesus, lions of distraction. Lions, O oh God, of the flesh. Lions of the clock and time, although it's not my desire to be extemporaneous. I rebuke lions of other scheduling. And I pray that we would have 
a visitation again today with the empowerment of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And let us be the one that walks out of the pit alive and better for having locked eyes with our lions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen it is. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Lion is called the king of the jungle. They can get as much, as much as 500 pounds in weight. When the other animals of the jungle hear their roar, they run. The strength of the lion's limb Paul is such that they could chase down a wildebeest, a bison, and similar animals and overpower them. The large canine teeth in their mouth, the strength of their jaws can lay hold of the neck of a an animal that would become their prey. And though that bison or wildebeest or other similar animal would wrestle and wriggle and toss and and turn, the the whole of the lion would be such until they would cause that animal to bleed to death. Or if they captured their nostrils and face, the, the, the mouth of the lion, that is, would suffocate the beast. Not a pretty picture. With one swipe of his paw, he could take pounds of flesh off of his potential prey. So it's not a thing to sneeze at. But then there is this man called Benaiah. The Bible says about him, keep your Bibles open, fact number one, he single-handedly killed two of Moab's mightiest. Verse number 20. It said... He killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. The Bible says he chased down and killed a lion. That's the theme that I'm using this morning. I'll get back to it. Benaniah. He killed an Egyptian who was armed far more than himself. I don't know what it means here, but in verse 21, the Bible calls him, in part B of that verse, a spectacular man. That would imply to me... That by his appearance, he would be overwhelming. Maybe this Egyptian that he killed, who was more armed than he was, uh, uh, was more physically muscular, bicep, triceps, giant of a kind of guy. The word of the Lord says that because of his marvelous feats, word came to David, the king, upon his search for a commander of his bodyguards of what Benaniah had done. Benaniah was working on a resume and he didn't realize he was. And when David was thumbing through would-be applicants for his security team, secret service team, Let's just imagine he's looking through his applicants and somebody uh, applied that I went to the military school and was trained for three years and graduated with honor. I'm qualified, David, to be your next commander 
of your own security team of secret agents. Maybe David flipped through the resume and looked for somebody else and that resume said, been out in the wilderness for five days, left alone, didn't have no water or food, and had to survive. And under all those adverse conditions, I came up with all kinds of ways to take care of myself and protect myself, which qualifies me to be your next chief of your secret service man. Hmm, David, come to the next application. And it said, single-handedly killed two of Moab's mightiest. Chased down a lion on a snowy day and killed it. And David said, burn up the rest of these resume. Find me, Benadiah. I've got my man who will be my right-hand man. And I, I say that to tell you that he got to where he did because... He performed like a man who locked eyes with a lion. Eventually, the Bible says that he became one of Israel's leading generals. When David died and his son Solomon took his place, Benadiah became one of the leading generals in Solomon's army. Now, i got to tell you this. Your reputation... Your testimony comes from what you're willing to face and overcome by the power of Jesus. I heard an amen. Your power to be the husband, the wife, the teenager, the high schooler, the the middle schooler, the, the college student, the employer, the employee. Whatever life's goal you're after, your capacity to get there, if it's God's plan for your life, is for you and I to realize that along the way, there will be some lions to test our faith. Can I get an amen? Word got to King David about Benaniah, and King David said, you're the man to be my chief Security guard. Benaniah got a legend because he was willing to lock eyes with his lion. He didn't get, pardon the grammar, he didn't get no big name and legend name from chasing a mouse in a pit on a snowy day and killing it. Did I get a witness? Anybody can do that. But it's somebody who says, I know what i got to do, and I'm going to do it. God helping me. Now, now, let's presume here. I don't think we'll do any injustice to the Scripture. Why would he chase a lion on a snowy day in a pit? I mean, I could get this picture. I can get the picture of the lion chasing him on a snowy day or any day. Because if a lion catches up with him, he will have him a man witch. Can I get another witness? I can picture that. The lion chasing the man. You know, (laughs) Josh Addis told me last year before I went to Africa... 
I think he likes me. I've never been to Africa before, never been in the wilds. We spent one night at this place that I showed you here. It's called Governor's Camp in Kenya. Had to fly in on a small plane. The, 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 the runway wasn't too distinguishable because it had to kind of blend in with the, with the environment. We slept in a tent. It was a nice modified tent. But we slept near a river tent. There were armed guards there in amongst where the animals are. Elephants came through during the night. You could hear them. When you got up in the morning, there were pounds and pounds of reminders of the elephants coming through. There were alligators in the river. There were hippopotamus in the river. Joshua Addis said, Pastor, here's what you got to do in order to survive in the wilds in Africa. If a wild animal comes after you, you got to be able to outrun at least one person in the group you're traveling with. Because <laughs> if you can, they're dead meat, you're good. You know, I kept noticing my overseer who I went with, Dr. Baker, who preached here for us, me and he and another guy. And when we got in that place, he kept looking at me like, I wonder if I could outrun Alan. I wonder if I could... <laughs> I could figure on a lion chasing a man, but a man chasing a lion? Let me tell you what lion chasers know. Number one, they know that some things cannot be put off until a better day. Did you hear me? You know, let, let, us, let us presume that this lion was notorious for coming at night and stealing sheep and other helpless animals from the village's herd. That would be a safe presumption as to why we want to eliminate this lion. The sheep was the livelihood of the shepherd, and eventually the, 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 the wool from the sheep would be clothing. The milk, etc., from the livestock in there would be a, a source of food and nutrition and protein for people, their livelihood. And, and if you have lions coming in each night and devouring and scattering the flock, then, then Benaiah is thinking, oh, how are we going to survive with this lion? Maybe, maybe this is the lion that, that maimed and damaged and killed a little child out playing near the skirt of the village. And the village is all up in arms. A little child has been lost. And, and Benaniah is thinking, I've heard the description of the lion. And the whole village knows. And there's an all point bulletin out for everybody about beware of this lion. And, and it's a snowy day and it's cold. And Benaniah is going from one place to the next. But by the sight of his eyes, his peripheral view, he sees something moving. And then he sees it moving even more. And he realizes that's the lion. He gets even closer and he looks at this lion. And he understands by some of the descriptions of the eyewitnesses in the past that this is the one that's the man-eating lion. And so what Benaniah does is thinking there's not going to be another chance that I may have. I am going to pursue this animal. He's running very much in the path where we have dug a pit and covered it with camouflage brushes. And I will chase him there. And it would have been, an, oh, help me, how the law was so cool. It would have been enough for Benaniah to chase him in the pit and he fall in the pit and he's helpless and can't get up and it would be enough for Benaniah to go back to the village and get him a spear and get him few other men and spear that lion until it dies and nobody gets hurt. But that wasn't Benaniah. That lion got in the pit on a snowy day and Benaniah thought, this is my chance. He may get out of this pit before I get back with villagers. He locked eyes with him, backed off from the pit a few feet, and ran like crazy to the pit 
<laughs> leaped in the pit. And he said to himself, Mr. Lion, one of us are going to be leaving. One of us is going to be in this pit and another one's going to be leaving. And it ain't me who's going to be in this pit when this fight is over. And the Bible said he chased a lion on a snowy day and killed the lion. And thus he abated and completely got rid of the threat of this beast. I'm telling you this morning, there are some things that cannot be put off. Lion chasers know. Just take life. If you have gone to the doctor, I've pastored people who've gone to the doctor with certain symptoms and they said to me, Pastor, the doctor wouldn't even let me go home. He wouldn't even let me, uh, let my wife take me to the hospital. When they did the exam, they said the blockages were so intense, such high percentage and so many arteries that they are going to call an ambulance and let the ambulance take me to the hospital. Pastor, the doctor said he's not even going to wait till later on, but tomorrow morning they're going to do a quadruple bypass surgery because there are some things about one's health that cannot afford to be put off for another day. Can I get a witness here, somebody? If you've ever been in an automobile accident or you know somebody who has where there's been internal injury or injury to limb and to life and vital organs, you understand they cannot afford to put off the surgery or all kinds of treatments for later on because it must be done now. If you know somebody who's had an aneurysm and the potential of the aneurysm or maybe a blood clot, the potential danger of an aneurysm or a blood clot to somebody's vital organs of survival is a matter of life and death. And if you got a good doctor and your case is serious enough, they know we can't put this off for another day. There's some things in life that you can't wait for a better day. You let a child go missing. Anybody hearing me? You, you, you let your... Oh my God. And I, I'm careful to say this because I do not want to exploit somebody else's pain. You know why they put Amber Alerts all over Georgia highways, wherever the, there are these traffic signs? You know why they put it all over the TV and all over the radio? It's because a little child is in peril somewhere and they can't wait until this evening. There may be a child molester who has gotten a hold of this child. There may be somebody abducting this child for perverted reason. And there are just some things in life that can't wait for a better day. I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a plumbing problem at your house... <laughs> and I ain't even talking about no leaky pipe. I'm talking about the kind of phew-wee plumbing problem. That wasn't Greek. That was exactly what I said. You got you one of those problems. Your wife and children are locking eyes with you and saying, Daddy, we ain't coming home until this stuff cleaned up. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can I get a witness here? Now, while I have you on a little lighter side... Be sure that sin cannot be put off to deal with it for another day. Did you all hear what I said? Do you know that when Satan, the Bible says about Satan in 1 Peter chapter 5, the Word of God says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil like a roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. It is amazing to me how so many people play with sin as if it is a pet. Y'all didn't hear me. 
If I know anything about sin, I have come to know that sin strengthens itself with the progression of time. Did you hear me? Deal with sin immediately. When that temptation to do something that you know is wrong and God is against and will bring you pain, when that temptation knocks on the door of your mind or your heart or your situation, you must not put it off to deal with it later. You hear me, somebody. God didn't send you here by accident. Our school system, public school and otherwise, our American culture, our planned parenthood culture, our American civil liberties organization have patronized sin in all kinds of shape, forms, and fashion under the guise of if we give them birth control, pills, and devices, and as long as they're safe, it's okay. No, it's not okay. To my shocking amazement, you'll hear me now because I didn't come to lock eyes with no mouse. I came to lock eyes with a lion. Okay? To my amazement, I have pastored people for 27 years and yelled my voice and sweated my head and called sin, sin. Only for parents to provide a means for their kids to sin anyhow. If I didn't come out to lock eyes with a kitty cat. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that the schools may give you birth control devices, but the Bible calls it fornication and adultery. Some of you teenagers and single adults, and you need to say to that boyfriend or girlfriend, I am going to keep myself to my wedding day because first I belong to God. And if it means I have to have sex with you so I could be popular. If it means I have to pierce and mark my body and listen to your trash music and tattoo myself so I can be on the cheerleading team or I can get popular. If I mean I have to snort drugs and pump drugs in my vein and drink alcohol so I could be hip and in the groove and with you, you need to lock eyes with that temptation of sin and deal with it today and say, if you're not going to go to heaven with me, I'm not going to go to hell with you. You, you think I have come to lock eyes with a toy thing? I know preachers far more visible than I have been in public ministry. Got more television cameras pointing at them than I will probably have in a lifetime. Got more money coming to their ministries, more buildings. Jet themselves all over the world by their own private jets. And I'm not against preachers who need to travel by jets. So don't, don't generalize everything, okay? There's some good men who need to be traveling and doing. But I've known people who thought they were immune to sin because they got so much anointing. They got doctor in front of their name. They got bishop in front of their name. They got apostle and, and they, got, they got all kinds of prophet in front of their name. Nobody is immune to sin. The time to deal with sin is now. 
So before you respond to that text message, you know what it means. You deal with it now and you don't send back a text. Did you hear what I said? Before you respond to that email, the Holy Ghost says have nothing to do with that. Before you take that invitation to go out to lunch with somebody of the opposite sex and you are married, you better be sure you listen to the Holy Ghost. Oh, pastor, this is just a a society. That's how you do business. No, that's also how you get involved with situations, with, 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 with situations that compromise your testimony. I wasn't born last night. The Bible says you don't have to have physical sex with somebody to be guilty of adultery. I'm trying to tell you something here. I'm trying to tell you, shun the appearance of evil. You listen to me now. And if I made you mad, you blame God. Hell is overpopulated this Sunday morning by people who was waiting for a better time to get saved. Y'all didn't hear me. I like the little man. He's an Indian guy. He's kind of nice. He tells funny jokes. But I ain't about ready to lock eyes with no lines. I got some living to do. I don't mean to be exploiting you this morning. And I, God helping me. But I buried folks younger than you. And I buried folks older than you. Who thought they had a million tomorrows. Nobody is immune from the poison of sin. Bible didn't say be careful, be, be, be careful of your adversary. He's like a roaring, puny something. I'm going to tell you something else. If I didn't ring your bell already, maybe this will. It is never a good time to fight lions. Wow. It, can I get a witness here? Yeah, I can just see Ben and I. He's going home after a long day in the field. It started snowing. Got a little twig between his teeth and whistling, Kumbaya, my lord. It's snowing. He's a little cold. He sees a lion. And he says, I think I'll chase that lion down in that pit and beat the tar out of him. No, no. It's never a good time to fight lions on a snowy day. Cold by yourself. And if the world could have its way, it's never a good time to get saved. Wait till my marriage gets fixed. Wait till I could, wait till I could give God some, some uh, I'd get better so God would be more worthy of me. Well, I mean more worthy of God. Uh, wait till I uh, fix up some rough places in my past. Uh, wait till I get so-and-so taken care of. Never a good time. For you to lock eyes with Satan. But I'm telling you this. If you're willing to, God, if you're willing to deal with your lion, God will give you the power. You see, here's here's what I want you to get this. I'm moving on. Normal people do not chase lions. Can, Can I hear you? How many would agree that Steve Irwin, is that his name, was not normal? You know the guy fought alligators? You know, crocodiles, stingrays? I mean, his, his risk-taking cost him his life. I'm not, I'm not against Mr. Steve Irwin. I'm just saying that don't look for me to be on the next video taking his place. 
You, you understand where I'm coming from? Okay? I would say that Steve Irwin was not normal because normal people don't change, chase lines. So back to point number two. When is it going to be a good time to tithe and give God his 10%? When you get the EMC bill paid off, you ain't never going to get that paid off. When you finish paying Newland Utilities and New Link and Charter and Verizon, listen to me. You think by the amount of monthly payments you've already made over those folks, you'd already own stock in the company. You're waiting to pay that off. It'll be a cold day down there. When, when will it be a right time if God gave you $100 to take 10 of it, which God calls the tithe, and say, God, you gave me the 100, 10 of it belongs to you. I'll take the 90 I have left and you will bless it so until, it would be, uh, until I can't even measure it. When would it be the right day to support a missionary, to help with the building fund, to help an orphan or a widow? When will it be the right time to volunteer to work with the children's ministry and the youth ministry and be an usher or be a greeter? There are people sitting in this house who have talents and gifts and anointing. Some of you have come here. I don't mean I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm praying over you. I've, I've told the staff there are people in this church in both services. You used to serve in another church. You used to be in ministry. You used to use your talent and gift, but you got hurt. You got wounded. Some lion lifted up its head in, in your past in a church or a pastor, and you got wounded, and nobody apologized. And here you are, South Metro Ministries, and God is rekindling some fire in you, but you're waiting for a good time. When would it be a good time to visit the sick, go to the prisons? When would it be a, would it be a, a, a good time to be a missionary or go visit, do a mission project or come to a men's discipleship class or women's Bible study or, or volunteer to serve on the hospitality or security team or sing in the choir? I, I'm, I'm talking to somebody now. When, 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 when would it be a good time for you to, to start using what God has already given you? Amen. And I'm saying to you that normal people don't chase lions. I could be a normal pastor. I could bring you here every Sunday. I'll ask you to come. And when you come, I could give you three points and a poem. And a few little sweetness and let you go home. You know, I could do that. But those are a dime a dozen. You know what I'm saying? I, I could be more calm, more civil. I could. I could tone down my voice, comb my hair differently. But, but I'm not normal. In case you didn't know, I'm not, I'm not your normal. That's why some folks ain't coming here, because I'm not normal. Because I shoot straight. Both barrels loaded up. I shoot straight. That's saith the Word of God. Because there's real lions out there. And I don't want the devil to roar into your life and steal your children and your marriage and your health. And you bust hell wide open. I'm fighting lions every Sunday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you come here, this ain't the church of the frigid air. It ain't never going to be a snowy day inside this sanctuary. It may be out there. I could be normal. There one time in my ministry where I thought greatness came from being like somebody else. I did. 
Younger in my ministry, I thought, you know what, I'll, get a com- I'll be a combination of a lot of pastors and use all of their gifts, and that way I could be a good pastor and a great preacher. I did. I'm telling you the truth. All of you have icons and people that you admire, music and athletes and, and skills. You've got television personalities. You think, if I could be like that? I used to think, you know what, if I could be like Billy Graham, I'd be a real soul winner. I love Billy Graham. I, I used to think, if I could be like Paul Walker who's a, a, such a marvelous minister of the gospel, pastored one church in, in Atlanta, 10,000 members for 35 years, preached here last year in November. Boy, I'd be a great preacher. If I could have a little bit of John Hagee in me, wow, I could be a great preacher. If I had a little bit of a Charles Stanley, I could be a, a, a great preacher. If, if I had a little bit of a, and I had a lot of preachers in my, one day the Holy Ghost, after wrestling with myself, because I counted greatness in a way God never did. The Holy Ghost says, if you were a little bit Charles Stanley, a little bit Billy Graham, a little bit John Hagee, you had little heads on your shoulder, you'd be a freak. Yeah, you'd be a freak. And I, and I respect all these names. I wouldn't call them if I didn't. But the Holy Ghost said, I didn't call, if I wanted to be Charles Stanley, Billy Graham, John Hagee, I'd have made you them. I'd made you Alan Matura. And, and so I put away all this junk about got to be somebody else and got to look like somebody else and got to talk like... I, when, when you come here, you just consider me potential dynamite. Okay? If you pray for me every Sunday, I'm going to explode all over you like I'm doing right now. I'm not normal. I'm not a normal... I'm telling you, I'm not... So if you invite some kind of sophisticated uppity, some kind of dead four o'clock in the morning friend, you, you be sure you warn them before they get here, okay? You buy them some air muffs and you buy them some other kind of stuff or you just let them drive past because I am fighting lions in and out of pits every day of my life. The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he comes to give us Life and life everlasting. Sure, come on, give a Lord some hand clap here. I ain't normal. And you know what? Y'all come in here too, so they're talking about y'all. So you're laughing about me. They got you pegged too, but bless God, you go, you go to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes you have to do something that doesn't seem ordinary in order to accomplish something extraordinary for God. Can I get another amen? Sometimes you've got to say, you know what? It feels like a snowy day in this sanctuary. I feel cold. I don't feel God. I don't feel anointed. I've got nasal problems going on. My family. And you, you may feel, you know, why are they dancing and jumping and shouting and yelling and all that stuff? You've got to step out of your ordinary stuff. And you say, God... It ain't perfect for me. I ain't even sitting in my right seat. My car was parked in Fayette County. I don't know if it'll be there when I come back. But you know what, God? I got to the house of God. I'm going to do something extraordinary. I'm going to raise my hand and praise you anyhow. I'm going to do something a little extraordinary. I'm going to go shake somebody's hand and bless them. Oh, God, I'm going to do something a little extraordinary. Instead of praying for oh me, why me, how me, I'm going to pray for somebody else. One more thought. Lion chasers are risk takers. Y'all didn't hear me, did you? Now, please, please do not get you a ticket to the Atlanta City Zoo and go to the lion cage. It's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm speaking figuratively. You do that, Pastor Jeff will come pray for you. Risk takers. 
Pastor Roger Powell 36 years ago. And the Holy Spirit said, and as it come to the music, uh, a church must be planted in this region of the South Metro area. He hadn't planted a church in his life. And as soon as you got here, the lions came out. I'm talking about the human line. Bless God, there ain't going to be no church here. And it ain't going to be on this. Pro- I'm talking about the guns came out too. Yeah. Thank God for forerunners. Yeah. People who go ahead of you. Yeah. A whole lot rather him get shot than me. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just never did get shot. Yeah. It's been 36 years. There are 1,262 members in this church. And the half has not been told. Because we have made up our mind, devil, I'm going to chase the lions I need to chase. I'm going to chase the lions of addiction, bondage, sickness. Can I get an amen? amen. Devil, I, the harder I pray, the more mean my kids get, somebody says. The more I pray for my unsaved husband, the meaner he gets. The more I ask for a raise, the more my debts come due, and I get more. Keep praying. I just got through preaching. The circle keeps circling. Keep chasing the lions. Lock. Let me tell you, when God calls you to chase lions, you ain't in that pit by yourself. And don't go taking any credit for what God... When Benaiah, when Benaiah walked out that, that pit, I got this image in my head. He got lion blood on his hands. His clothes is ripped. It's still snowing. He, he, he's got a scar on his face and on his hands. And the first thing he does is... <laughs> okay, okay, just a little Super Bowl something. <laughs> Boy, you all are mighty slow. I can tell it's snowing out there. <laughs> Come on, let me help me out. T-Bow didn't even help me. First thing he did was realize I didn't go in that pit and came out by my own. The same God who anointed me to kill two, the Egyptian, same God who anointed me to kill the Moabites, same God who, who gave me all these blessings. God will not let you chase down sin and the devil and wrong and evil and leave you out there to be killed by the lion. If you do what is right, the Holy Ghost will do the rest. Rise to your feet, please. Oh, after you have risen to your feet and got your, your position planted. Lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. And thank God that the lion didn't kill you before now. And the only reason you are alive to come to church is because when you weren't even realizing God was protecting you from the lions, He was. Come on, praise Him. If God was to roll the video in your life, there's a lot of places the lion would have killed you, but the Holy Ghost helped you. Come on, praise Him. God, I remember so-and-so when the lion of disease could have killed me. When the lion of sin could have killed me. When the lion of money and running after money could have killed me. Oh God, I remember so-and-so when the lion of hanging with the wrong people and being in a bad marriage could have killed me. But you rescued me. Come on and praise Him. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Please, would you allow me to bless you another moment? If you could tarry. As my brother Sammy and the prayer team comes to the front and the staff comes with them and the elders. This is not about them. This is about us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an invitation. And it's up to you. If you're not born again, you're not 
you're not saved, Jesus Christ. Pray with pray with pray in your spirit, church. If you're not saved because you were waiting for a better day, another day, another time, please do not put off your decision for Christ today. Because no one knows what tomorrow holds. And I'm not just asking you to get saved so you can avoid hell. I'm asking you to get saved so you can chase the lions, defeat them, and have a life, even though there are lions, have a life equipped with the power to defeat them. If you have an addiction, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, a secret of otherwise storm. There are issues. Nobody's going to ask you to confess to them. Nobody's going to ask you to write down the stuff. We're not going to make you a spectacle. If there's a lion in your marriage, if there's a lion in your body, sickness, if there's a lion where you work, if there's a lion of fear in your mind, if there's a lion of lust or pornography or gambling, if there's a lion that, you could, that constantly puts fear in you, you chase it and you destroy it today. While they sing, we're going to take a, a, the next moments in praise. And I'm going to ask you, if you need prayer, it doesn't matter who of this team they are prayed over and they are prayed with, touches you. Jesus will be the one that will give you the touch. I'm going to invite you. Start singing, my brother. When they start, leave from where you are. We're not going to keep you forever, but come in Jesus' name. Sing, my brother. You Step out. Father. Teenagers. You Young adults. Wives, husbands. You in your Power Employees, employers. Come, come. You when you get here, raise up your hands to him. Everybody in the church, give worship now with me. Everybody in the church, lift up your hands. Give him worship. Give him worship. My feet all through the night.